All right, guys, welcome back to episode five of Inside CrossFit Greater West. Now, today's guest has been with the gym from the very start. Um, Simone was someone that was helped set up the gym from the outset, from things that I had absolutely no idea about, from uh, taxes, accountings, what to put in the gym. Um, Simone's story is quite inspirational to myself, and we're really going to dive into that over the next uh, few questions, and I'll let Simone really uh, tell her story and how inspirational it is to me. But why I wanted to get Simone on from the start is over the last few years, I'll be at the gym, just coach the morning class. The last thing I want to do is train and um, I'll open up our family group chat and I'll see a message there from Simone about how she's already got up today and how she's already trained and she's feeling great. And as we dive into Simone's story, I'll think to myself, like, I swear she was just in hospital or she had some treatment two days ago. And I'll just think about how important training is to Simone and that'll give me the energy I need to get through the session and get through that day. So I'm hoping that you guys will get the same out of this conversation as I will. I'm pretty sure you will, but I'll let Simone really dive into her story as we get through the next few questions. So Simone, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. It's a privilege. <laughs> How's that intro? That's probably the nervous I've been with an intro. Really? It's the first one we're sitting face to face. The rest have all been done over Zoom. Over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, so those that don't know Simone, Simone is my sister-in-law. So Simone is engaged to my older brother. Um, as I mentioned before, Simone has helped me so much throughout the gym. Simone comes from a background in PT, and we'll get into that in one second. That'll be the first question we kick off. But um, I came into starting the gym with not a lot of knowledge about running a gym, as per se, and Sky, uh, Sky, sorry, Simone um, has come from the gym background and she would tell me things that I would forget from, like I said, the accounting to uh, bookkeeping to where I should be spending my money, where I should be saving my money. Um, and a lot of stuff when it came to coaching females too, I was uh, pretty equipped with the male side of it, but a lot of the female questions at the beginning, I would ask Simone. So let's dive into your PT background. All right, so, um, yeah, so I guess I firstly want to talk about what inspired me to become yeah, a PT. Yeah, good. Um, so after I had Jaden, um, Jaden's now 15. Um, I was quite young. I was a, quite, I was a young mum. I was only 19. Um, so being so young, I kind of wasn't really aware of how much weight you can gain if you just eat whatever you want <laughs> when you're pregnant. So um, I gained quite a lot of weight after Jaden and um, I decided to join a gym. Um, it was our cute little um, leisure centre in Springwood up in the Blue Mountains. It was a super tiny gym. Um, but there is where I started to notice like the physical benefits. But I also started really realising the mental benefits as well because I was a young mum and I'm navigating my way through, you know, I've just had this child when I'm sort of in my prime of like partying and everything. <laughs> so it was a massive adjustment. And I feel like the gym was my stability. So every morning um, I'd book Jaden into the creche and I'd go to the gym for an hour, hour and a half. So I really, as you know, the physical benefits were great, but it was that mental um, that mental strength that gave me to really work my way through being a young mum. And while I was there, I met um, this really cool trainer. His name was Gary. So Gary uh, was so into fitness and um, new methods of training and I was like his test dummy. So basically (laughs) he'd come up to me and be like, look, this is Tabata, you know, 20 seconds Mm -hmm. on, 10 seconds off. And this is in 2007, you know. So he was really researching those really advanced methods of training. And because I was his test dummy, I began to be really interested in how the body works and how you get results. And so it really inspired me to then become a personal trainer myself. So 
um, I decided to enrol in Kingswood TAFE. Um, I did a year course there to become a PT and I was qualified by 2010. A year course. <laughs> a year. Yeah. I know. Now it's eight weeks and I just yeah. I shudder at the thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eight yeah. weeks, so I think it's three months and you do it yeah, three nights. Exactly. Yeah. So this was one year full-time yeah. study, so three and so four. So um, I did find it really beneficial. It was such an amazing course. I had so much fun. Um, so, yeah, from there I started working in different gyms. I started off at a gym in Ride. Then I started working at Virgin Active, um, which was a good home for me for a couple of years. It was a great gym. Um, I remember listening to Nathan Horner's podcast um, last week when you released it and it resonated with me about how many hours we had to do. Yeah. It was huge, um, almost at burnout level. So um, that taught me a lot and I knew it was always a stepping stone. So I would teach in different gyms, all different classes, um, do heaps of PT. And then I finally um, went on to be a PT and fitness manager in Canley Vale Fitness Studio. So um, after I finished working there, I decided to start my own business. So that's where I started my own business from home. And then I also started working with children on an obesity intervention program called Go for Fun. And I've now been doing that for nearly six years. We're going to get into that a little yeah. bit further. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's my background in fitness. And then also in 2016, I really had this, you know, desire to learn more. So I thought, how, what do I want to do? I thought maybe I want to be a PE teacher. So I thought, let's do a degree. And I was fighting the demons, like I'm too old, you know, yeah. I'm nearly 30. <laughs> this is not going to work. I've got a child, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, you know what, stuff it, I'm going to do it. So I signed up to do my degree. Um, and then because I was working with children in the obesity intervention program, I actually started getting a real passion for health promotion. So I changed my degree from PE um, teaching to health promotion. Um, and I finished that in 2020 after a really bumpy road, which I guess yeah, we'll talk about yeah. later. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of a really quick snapshot of my background in, in fitness and health. And then in 2016, so how it all ties into the gym also, we've got to mention that I I think it was before 2016, 2015, so a year before, me and Simone did our CrossFit Level 1 together. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned at the start, we had intentions that Simone was going to help out at the gym if I needed it. Um, if there was classes that needed to be covered, but um, it all started to unroll, unravel, I guess, Simone's story around when the gym opened in 2016, 2017. Is that correct? 2017. 2017, yes. Yeah. So, um, well, first, Simone fell pregnant. So, <laughs> coaching was going to be a little bit off for someone that was heavily pregnant. In my first year of uni, yeah. by the way. In I was... first year of uni. <laughs> um, so, while you're pregnant, you can take over from there how the yep. story started. Yeah. So like I said, uh, it was such a big shock. You know, I'd finally mustered up the courage to start this degree. Um, months into my degree, I fall pregnant. I don't mean to swear, but I thought, holy shit, like yeah. what is going on? I was, it was such a big shock. And I'm so sorry, Isaiah, but <laughs> it was such a full-on thing that was happening because I was so focused on doing my degree. But little did I know that um, there was obviously more intense things to come. So um, I kept doing my degree and I was pregnant. And, yeah, like you said, um, I think if times were different, I think I would have been much more heavily involved in the gym, maybe coaching, helping out, et cetera, et cetera. But unfortunately, um, at 34 weeks pregnant, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Um, it was very, very stressful. Um, I can't even, yeah, describe it. It makes me get upset thinking about it, but, like, it was just like this dark cloud, like looming over mm. my head for like a whole week, you know, because 
they told me I'm 90% chance of getting cancer and then I just had to wait a whole week to find out yeah, that result. I remember that. So yeah. it was like probably the hardest time of my whole life, you know, even though they're telling me 90%, I had a few family members trying to be positive and say, no, 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 it's not cancer. Yeah. It's not. Um, but, you know, I knew deep down that it was. So, um, yeah, so got the call and then by 36 weeks pregnant, um, they decided that Isaiah was such a little champion. He was going to be such a big baby so I was very fortunate in the fact that he was okay to come out so at 36 weeks um we took him out through c-section and as soon as my c-section was healed 10 days later um I started my first round of chemo so that chemo went on for six months um it was brutal um yeah and then after that I had a mastectomy and then I had all my lymph nodes taken out in my left arm 16 of those lymph nodes had cancer in them. So they were quite disappointed with um, how things were going once they went in and took everything out. Um, once I recovered from that mastectomy, I then had five weeks of daily radiation to finish off the job. Um, and with all of that, tying it back into exercise, all my medical team, every time I went in there, I was in training gear. And they would play with me, like, just take it easy, like, just please. And I'm like, yep, 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 you know, take it with a grain of salt, not to disregard what a prof health professional is yeah. telling me. But I knew, again, just like after I'd had Jaden, that training was that one consistent in my life that was going to give me stability. I was in control and it helped me mentally get through, like, some of the toughest days of my, like, cold life, you know. So just to go back at those, and the mums would have caught that, just then for some of the boys that don't understand like 10 days after um having a child and having a c-section like i've experienced with that with sky and i know how hard that was her like she didn't come up and down the stairs at home for three weeks we moved everything downstairs for her you pretty much started your fight against chemo yeah so you have 10 day old and then your battle against cancer so for those that that might have been quick you're going to realise Simone talks really quick. Do I? Talk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it, but, like, that's huge and we'll touch on that when we get a little bit further on and um, how your mental side was compared to then to now. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll move through and um, that's not the end of the story there. We'll progress a few more years. Isaiah's a little bit older. Um, what happens along the lines next? Yeah, so obviously. Still um, doing uni? Still, still doing uni so, somehow, some way. Again, people telling me <laughs> just let it go. I thought, no, I've done a full year of uni. I am not wasting eight units of hell. So, because so, there is a lot of uni students <laughs> at the gym. So, yeah. chemo, newborn, still doing uni, still doing uni. So, don't tell me you don't have time. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, when I had Isaiah and I went through chemo, I had a, I had a fair few months off the degree. But once my treatment was over, it was get back on that horse and get that degree. I was so focused on getting it. I was like, not, this is not going to take another thing away from me, you know. Yeah. Um, so I kept studying, um, you know. Somehow I got a three-year degree done in four years with nearly a year off. So I almost nearly did it full-time somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. There's a um, few out there that do three years and seven years. <laughs> we know a family member. <laughs> Yeah, so look, um, the studying was great for me. It kept me distracted. Um, 
But unfortunately, in late 2019, I was back lifting heavy. Uh, you know, I feel like my fitness was finally really, you know, starting to take off again. PT, back. Everything, yeah. yeah, everything's back. I'm working, I'm studying, I'm feeling good. You know, I've lost a bit of weight. Everything's going well. And then my back, in the middle of my back just, it was killing me. And, you know, Anthony's saying, oh, it's something you're doing or you're just getting old. And I'm like, no, 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 like I know, like, I know how to deadlift. I, I know yeah, what I'm this doing. This isn't like Something a muscle. Else. This isn't dogs. Yeah. yeah. And then I kept ignoring it. And then one day I Googled middle back pain and it was terrifying. The first search that came up was metastatic breast cancer. Yeah. Like why would that come up? And it, I knew straight away that something was seriously wrong. Again, I'd be just going about my day, just constantly thinking about it. So I finally went into the doctors and I started bawling my eyes out and I said, look, I need you to do a scan. It's come back. I'm, I'm pretty sure it has. And my doctor said, no way. Like you've done everything right. It's not, it's not cancer. We'll do a scan and we'll show you that it's not cancer. So yeah, the next day I got the results back that there was a really massive tumor in my T7. Um, again, massive whirlwind, that big cloud came like looming back over me. And um, then I just thought like, how could this happen to me when I've done, you know, I've been working so hard to, yeah. to heal. Um, but Further testing showed that it was obviously all through my bones. Um, and, yeah, so early 2020 I had that diagnosis literally on the 2nd of January, like happy fucking moving yeah. to me. Um, but after that week of, like, tears and grief and all of that, it was just like it was go time again. Like <laughs> I still had the rest of my new. I had one year left of uni, Yeah, you know. So it was just get on the treatments, stay positive, keep training, do the best that you can and just get that degree. And yeah. from, I, I just wrote it down in my notes, from the first time in 2017 to 2019, was there a shift in mental state? Like, were you stronger mentally? Were you able to, because you just said like it was, what, two days and then, all right, this is yeah. what we're doing. So yeah, it was, was it something that you trained or was there things that you'd done that just like affirmations each day to, to continue yeah. that mental state to get through? Yeah, it's more like mindfulness, meditation, yeah. um, making sure I incorporate at least 10 to 20 minutes of mindfulness and meditation a day. That's really, really important. It's about how I process my thoughts because those thoughts are never going to go away. They're always yeah. there. So it's how I just go, oh, you're back again. It's time yeah. to move on, you know. Yeah. Um, so doing that and then also training really early in the morning. I'm a morning person. Um, some people are night people. So you've got to work with your strengths. And my strength is morning. So it's up, feed the kids breakfast, put the washing on, whatever, get out in the gym and train. Um, and I think that really helps get through everything yeah we're going to really dive into your training because that's what we want to focus on is the main part but um yeah it's a massively powerful story and it's a story that i know and um a story that touches me and like i mentioned a very inspirational me and i think about simone a lot of times when i may be struggling in it and a lot of members too like uh, an, another family member that had a serious injury this year and it puts it all into perspective that you know the things that we may think are massive are really not that big and um, Simone's story and I know a lot of members at the gym feel the same about it so uh, I want to touch base on diet because as you're aware being in the gym is what 10 percent mm -hmm. of what you actually need it's what you do at home and I know you drastically changed your diet uh, in 2017 so we'll talk about the research you've done and what you found works best for you and you've listened to a few podcasts now and I've probably said that line a thousand times working out what works best for you. So mm -hmm. let's dive into your diet. Okay. Well, obviously 
in 2017 when I got first diagnosed, I decided to become vegetarian. So more plants in my diet, um, nothing wrong with more plants in the diet. So um, I've really done a lot of um, research on cruciferous vegetables, um, such as broccoli and kale and all those types of veggies. So that is a really main component in my diet because research has shown that they can aid in the slow, like slowing down of the growth of tumours. So that's one massive component. Um, and then I also you know, supplement with mushroom powders, which is meant to help support your immune system. And when you're fighting cancer, your immune system is very low. So that's another thing that's really important is to make sure that I'm fueling my body with the best nutrients to support my immune system. And then um, another powerhouse supplement that I like to take um, is flax seeds. So flax seeds um, contain omega-3s. So they have healthy fats in them. Um, which help when you're a vegetarian as well. Um, and they've also, um, have, there's evidence to show that they are also able to slow the growth of tumours in breast cancer as well. Um, so I guess really limiting sugar is a massive thing that I need to do um, and making sure that the fuel I'm putting in my body makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Because That was going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah, because I've had moments where I've let things get the better of me yeah. and I've eaten chocolate or whatever well and everybody it, knows what's that like on a I on a sunday <laughs> i'll be like 6 p.m like i literally feel like shit not because of what i've eaten because in my head i'm like you eat shit I know, today i know so and they go yeah. hand in hand yeah if i eat bad i feel bad yeah and i can't afford to feel bad like yeah you know i need to yeah what you put in your body is so important it's yeah like you said it's almost more important than the type of training that you do i think it's more important yeah, definitely it is. because the training of the day is what for most 10 yeah. hours at the end of the week exactly. like that's a lot of training for some yeah. for some it's 6 hours yeah think about all the meals you eat you probably eat 50 meals more exactly. meals so it stacks up massively but yeah again working out what best works for you and yours is the food you need to obviously feel good and make yourself feel good but also the fuel you need to yeah. get the energy throughout oh, the day what about broccoli sprouts oh your broccoli sprouts broccoli sprouts everybody get onto the broccoli sprouts they sell in rich and recruit market they almost sell out because i recommend them to everyone they're really hard to get your hands on but they actually have them rich and recruit marketing they need to be frozen um, because apparently it makes the um, sulforaphane inside the broccoli sprout like 100 times more potent. So I have a big clump of frozen broccoli sprouts every single day in a smoothie, um, and it's also really good for your skin, so anti-aging. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Still that way. You'll probably get more people wanting it for that. Than... <laughs> All right, we're going to dive into the main part now. So as I mentioned at the start in the intro, Simone is probably the most dedicated person that I know to their training. And, you know, I know some people that their main goal is to make the CrossFit Games. And I guarantee some of the states that Simone's been in or things that Simone's been over the last few years, they would have had some days off where I'm probably the only one and I might get in trouble for it that will message Simone and be like, fuck it, just train. (laughs) (laughs) Where others are telling her not to train. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so you mentioned you're a morning person. Let's just dive into how that makes you feel and, the routine because you've got to have some sort of routine and dedication to keep training throughout um, the last few years. Yeah, look, I know that that morning um, training session really sets me up for the day. Um, so, yeah, again, every single day, you know, I need to have trained between six and nine, you know, yep. pre lockdown, drag Jaden out of the bed, we're in the gym at 6 a.m. Um, and it's really important to note as well 
in the past 18 to 20 months since I've been re-diagnosed, the, the, the constant medication that I'm on is quite harsh. So um, I get bone and joint pain and um, I've gained like a significant amount of weight. So when you're so used to looking at the physical responses, it takes like another level to be able to just still get up and train, mm. even though you're not seeing the physical response that you want. Um, and that's why it is really important to hone in on that mental state because, you know, I don't even know where I'd be without exercise. With I think my mental health would be very like low compared to what it is at the moment. That's, yeah, that's probably if there's one thing that anyone can get out of this conversation, that there, um, not seeing the physical side of it, but realising the internal is the main yeah. reason to be training. That's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've heard is, you say that before. Yeah, and there's heaps of pressure in society with Instagram and social media of these um, unrealistic figures that people are aspiring to look like and they're almost killing themselves trying to get there, you know, but, like, you've just got to take a look inside yourself sometimes and realise what you're doing is far more important for the inside than what's on the outside. We're all going to get old. We're all yeah. going to get saggy. You know, and that's taken a lot for me because physical appearance is really important to me and it might sound really vain, but, um, yeah, it's taken a lot of work to to really focus on what's more important. And um, doctors and everything have pretty much told you to not do certain things or...? Yeah, so my last scan, there was a few little highlighted parts of cancer in my bones and my doctor rang me and she just kind of said, like, please stop doing weights, please. And I was like, okay, like, no problem. So I thought, you know what, I, maybe I should listen to her. But then I went and researched more about metastatic breast cancer and bone health. And because I've got cancer in my bones, they're at risk of fracturing. Yep. They're a lot so more fragile. Very fragile. Yeah. Plus the... And so people do know... Yep. The bones. Simone's not... We're not talking like an arm bone. We're talking spine. Spine. Right? Spine so we're talking, hips. Yeah, spine yep. hips. Holding yeah. us together. Yeah, that is, yeah, really you know, the main structure of our body, the spine and the hips. So really big parts of the body. So I've adapted my training again. And over the last 20 months, it's just constantly been adapting. You know, if I do too much jumping, I get back pain, pull it back. Yep. But it's just all about just still moving. And again, taking my um, health professional's advice with a grain of salt, because I am an exercise professional. Yeah. And they are an oncologist, yeah. you know, so I'm doing my own research and the research shows that even though I am at risk of fracturing a bone, the training that I'm doing is really important to help reabsorb my bone. So I've just got to keep working on that middle ground and find, you know, what works best for me. And obviously I'm not going to be snatching or, yeah. you know, <laughs> doing heavy deadlifts. No, not anymore. Yeah. And I was still trying to, I was still trying to chase yeah. that person that I used to be. And it's like, just hang on a second, just pull it back. And then that know? goes back to the difference between the mental state from 2017 to now. Yeah. I would have kept pushing. Yeah. What you just explained that it's not so much for the, yeah. what you see in the mirror, it's what you're getting on the inside from the training. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. If there's a little bit of a Snapchat, and I've never heard you say that, I pretty much heard this whole story, but. That's cool to hear that side of it. And that can resonate with a lot of members too where I've had multiple messages or conversations where I just can't see yeah. what's happening. Um, is there something you think about in those moments or you've pretty much calloused your brain now to know that the reason you're doing it is for... Well, yeah, like sometimes like even, you know, again, that ego, you go in the gym and you see another girl lifting 110 kilo deadlift and I'm like, I just want to do yeah, that. And I, I get really frustrated and I get next door and I'm like trying to catch up. And I'm like, you are a boss. Like you are, you've got cancer and you're coming to the gym yeah. every day. Stop it, yeah. you know? 
Like that is what I have to keep reminding myself that where others might not be still trying to work on their health and fitness, they've lied down, they've given up because of this awful terminal diagnosis. I'm still powering through. And that is what I need to keep reminding myself. You know, it's really important to remind yourself of how well you are doing. If you're not seeing results, but you're still getting up at 6 a.m., like you're amazing. Yeah, you know, and that's the routine and the dedication. Yeah. And I think there are some key aspects of why you've been able to continue it too. Obviously, your mental side is yep. unbelievable, but then that means that you're dedicated also. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And then back to PTing now, you are PTing a few? Or um, not at the obviously moment. Obviously not because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not at the moment. Um, because of COVID, um, I've got this new itch now to perhaps try and get in and do a Master's of Exercise Physiology but I don't know if I've done the right units. So, um, again, I really would love to help people um, in the cancer space yeah. in terms of exercise. And then we can get into that because I wanted to ask you about where you're at with studying and stuff mm -hmm. like that now because um, for some too, like they could be listening to this and, and realising that they're not as caught up in their studies as they think they are and they can find a bit more time. So where are you at with that? I have, yeah, I completed the degree in November. So Bachelor of Health um, Movement with a major in health promotion. And, yeah, now I'm looking at, yeah, like I said, trying to get in to do an exercise um, physiology master's. But, again, we'll have to wait and see. But then I'm, like, enjoying the freedom of not <laughs> um, studying. But what's really funny is that last year during lockdown, I was just powering through. And it was because I had that degree to focus yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, having goals and having something to focus on is so important, especially if you're going through something as well. Um, it's a great distraction. So I'm, that's why I'm sort of getting that itch to study again, to learn more and to better myself and to have something else to focus on because um, admittedly sometimes during this lockdown it's given me a little bit too much time to think about everything. And I was like, what is the difference? And it's it's the fact that I was studying last year. Uh, off topic, something I mean Josh spoke about, uh, do you journal or write goals down weekly or anything like I that? I journal. Because you are someone that a million things going on, you're very full on. So is there, <laughs> I can hear you laughing in the background. Is there a way that you Let it stay down. on the road? Yeah, but this is my goals for the week. Like I'm big on journaling. Um, I'm very inconsistent with journaling, but I do I do try and it does help me. One thing is to say, I try and say out loud, it's probably better to write down things that I'm grateful for each day. Yeah. Yeah, that is really important to me. Um, You know, like I'm grateful that I live at home with my family. Yeah. I get to spend more time with Isaiah rather than thinking, you know, of all the negative things that are happening. It's really important to shift the focus on what's... what's I think, it, what was it, Josh said, if you... Say it one time a day, I think it's 25% more happiness. Yeah, every week, so I went to TAFE with a lady, and she was I never forget it, it was so long ago. And she was like, Stand in front of the mirror every day and say something that you like about yourself. Yeah, because rather than standing there and going, Oh my gosh, my stomach is too big, is this, is that, is that, you're like, You know what, my eyes are amazing, I, I look really good today. So just find one thing to like appreciate about yourself because we're all unique and amazing in, in one way or another. Definitely, definitely. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then let's go to now, like where you at with um, the cancer and what's going on at the moment. So, yep. So um, basically, I'm on a medication called targeted therapy. So I'm nearly two, well, yeah, getting close to two years in on that therapy. 
Um, it's been staying in my bones quite stable since last January. So that's a really big win for me. Um, obviously, they don't know with movement-wise, like there's obviously risks of it moving to organs, um, but we're hoping to keep it contained to the bones as long as possible. Um, I get scans every three months. So I've got one in six weeks, just progress scans, always monitoring um, how everything's going. Um, and, yeah, like trying to be really hopeful that there's new medications coming out because the medication I'm on, they say they hope that it, they predict it will work for four years. Yep. So I'm, yeah, 20 months in. So, you know, in two years' time, there's so much that can happen. So much yeah. over the last two yeah. years. And that's why um, I've been trying to do all those fundraisers and raise money. Um, I'm always looking online at research for new trials and I've, I've there's a new drug that I've read about that's coming out. So as long as I'm researching and giving myself hope, like there, there's definitely hope there um and yeah we just it's really important to keep it contained in, in the bones as much as i get lots of pain in there it's just not as and let's say you go back and you go the complete other way mm -hmm. and you don't do any training and you don't research and you continue on your path like you could guarantee that it'll go on the complete opposite way than opposite. What it is now yeah yeah do any of the doctors now four years on commend you for the training you have done and keeping your fitness at a level or are you still well, I used to get called a fraud. So, I, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. So when I had the five weeks of daily radiation, me and Aunt go to the gym, go for brekkie, go to radiation. It was yeah. five days a week, um, 25 sessions, so five weeks. And every single day I'd go to that radiation thing, sweaty, like all yuck from a session, but it had to be done. It yeah. just had to be done, you know. And then I'd go in for a checkup and she's like, you're a fraud. Like, what the hell? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, and from the get-go, yeah, they've always told me not to not to um, change my diet. They've told me to pull back on the exercise and not to discredit an oncologist, but that's scary yeah. because. But the proof's right there. Yeah, like proof's in the pudding. <laughs> you're, going, you're going in there and compared to everyone exactly. else, you're completely different. Exactly. Like, why would I yeah. do what they're still telling yeah. me to do when I'm feeling like this and exactly so and so is feeling like that? Diet and exercise are so powerful. Like exercise is any all the research I did through my degree is you know if you've got diabetes, exercise. If you've got depression, exercise. You know yeah. you go to a rehab a rehabilitation center. Their main programming is surrounded by exercise. And then talking about exercise now with kids, you're working with kids too. Yeah. So, um, how does that relay from the things you've learned over the last few years and your time into now working with the kids? Yeah, so working with the kids is amazing. Like, um, you know, it's this program is helping their future. So it runs for 10 weeks and we teach children and families about healthy eating, how to pack a healthy lunchbox, how to incorporate exercise into their family dynamic. Um, there's so many things that they walk away with learning and it's even though we weigh and measure them, there's again, it's much more, much more than that. Um, it's about healthy lifestyles, and you know, it, there's so much proof again in research to show that if a child has those healthy lifestyle um, things tied into their life as a young child, that it's proven that they'll continue on as they get older. So I feel like that's such a rewarding job for me because you know, adults we make our own decisions like we're more than capable, but when you can help a child realize the benefits of a healthy lifestyle it's just yeah it's amazing i'll probably i'll be at that job till i die they'll never be able to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs>
That's awesome. And that's, again, just doing repetition. So if you can get those timing of doing those healthy habits, like it becomes second nature, like habit stacking. We teach them about goal setting as well. So we set goals with them. It gives them something to work towards. Yeah. Yeah, that's like I said, it's a story I really wanted to tell and get through. Um, Open mic, is there anything you want to get through? I forgot to tell a story about my ankle. Oh, yes, we've got the ankle. (laughs) So, you know, I've been diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer and then, you know, in August I think I'm a hero still jumping around in the gym. (laughs) I forgot this story. Doing step-ups on a chest bench like (laughs) Simone. Like instead of using a proper box, I'm just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just get on this and I'll just quickly do this. I was in a massive rush trying to get training in as always and um yeah snapped my ankle um in the middle of the gym it was so embarrassing I was like rolling around on the ground and um yeah it was awful so um ripped all the tendons off the bone um and I was out um and as soon as that moon boot was on I had my crutches and I was like hobbling back in that gym upper body and this is a lot of people I speak to a lot of people that will message me and they're like I tore my hamstring at Oztag I rolled my knee at Oztag whatever and I'm going to have three or four weeks off or five weeks off. Like if you're listening, that's probably the worst thing to do. Worst thing. <laughs> and Simone can probably tell you why, but you would have altered your whole training yep. around the ankle and still able to move. Yeah. So I ended up doing lots of ski ergs. Yeah. Um, I did rowing with the skateboard, um, all machine, upper body weights. Um, yeah, it was funny. I'd just like hobble over, lean my crutches over on the chest press and just do the chest press. And I don't really do machine weights normally. So yeah. Again, it's all about adapting to your circumstances. You know, if you're in pain, do something else. If jumping is hurting your back, walk, go for a walk, you know. Um, There's always something you can do, always. I mean, yeah. I completely forgot that story. (laughs) Everything else is going on. But that's, again, like if there's there's so many things you can do, you just because, you know, you may be injured or you may not be able to do something on a certain day like we spoke about in the middle of this podcast, you got to think of what it's doing on the inside and those that are in the pandemic now, how you're feeling compared to when you're at the gym is completely different. So why put yourself in that state to begin with Mm -hmm. when you can get out and move? Like you have an ankle injury, sit on the ski. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the skateboard at the gym is to put your foot on when you're over, you've got an (laughs) ankle injury. You've got to keep moving somehow. Yeah, because, you know, that that ankle injury was really hard on me because I was about to start the step challenge. Yeah. Um, it was a 10,000-day step challenge for a month and I did it like a week out and I was devastated. You know? So that was a year ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a year ago. And I was meant to have surgery. He called me his 2020 deltoid because yeah. I ripped the deltoid and it's a really rare injury. And somehow it healed and I never needed surgery. And I reckon it's because I just kept going. Yeah, yeah. You kept training, kept yeah. doing the rehab. And- yeah, I walked in with thongs on and he's like, oh, What's happening? What are you doing in thongs? And I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah. So, and so what's the plans for the next few months? Plans for the next few months is just to, yeah, look into further study options. Um, I'm still sort of looking at careers. You know, everything's on hold at the moment. Trying to work out. I guess deep down in my soul, my passion is I really want to help people with cancer yep. in exercise. And it's looking like I'm going to need some sort of exercise physiology degree behind me, even though I've got all this other knowledge and experience, you know, sometimes you just need that piece of paper to be able to get in and work with them. Um, it'd be great to work in like a hospital gym, working with cancer patients. That would be really great. But then I also have to take care of myself as well. Yeah, so it's exactly about that right. balance. And a saying I always think about too and something that you do is don't rest on what you know. So you're obviously 
always looking at new research mm-hmm. and everything for your own self. Yeah, it's really important. Yeah, yeah. If you um, are questioning something, it's really important to always, you know, look at new research and um, learn new things yourself. And you're always open, I guess, for new research, new yep. outlooks, new tests. Yep. New, and totally. do, even with your training, so going back to your training, let's say they did say to you, like, don't do this because of your back or whatever. Do you test the waters still? Do you try it and see, like, yeah, at a, like a little bit? I mean, I'm not, yep. like, don't go lifting yep. a ridiculous amount of weight. Yep. But do you think, all oh, right, maybe I can do this and once or I can't do that and then the next time yep. I am able to do this yep. and then you implement that into your training? Yeah, I do. Like, for example, with squatting, um, I used to squat quite heavy, and now I squat quite light, but I, I do push the boundaries. It's like 40 kilos, 50 kilos, kind of sitting around 50 kilos. That's as much as my back can handle. So I do test the waters and I'm trying to do things separately because one day I did like a 2K ski erg and I did deadlifts and one of those destroyed my back Yeah, and I didn't know which one. Yeah, the so... flexion on the back of the ski. Yeah, <laughs> that ruins my like, back, of course. What could it be? um yeah so and yeah because the cancer's in my ribs as well it's like any of that pulling and aggressive movements too much on the bones so i I definitely test the waters yeah Yeah. and And that's understanding your body though and i say that to everyone like yes you have a coach and your coach is meant to guide you 100 but when you leave or when you're on your own you need to know what works best for you and um you're obviously doing that day in day out so important to note as well about somatotypes body types yeah so you've got your ectomorph your endomorph and your mesomorph so um you know you see all these things on the internet talking about people not needing to do cardio but actually some body types need more cardio than others yeah and me in particular i actually do need a little bit more cardio than weight training you know so again understanding your body you know um it's super super important that was good (laughs) <laughs> I told you 40 minutes would fly by. Oh, is, <laughs> is there any, if you anything you want to like just touch base on or get a message across? Because like you tell me things all the time and I, I keep them with me, but um, I guess with recordings and like talking, mm. it's you might get lost with things, but anything you want to talk? Um, no, I think, yeah, obviously I just guess for those people listening, if you are struggling in lockdown, um, writing down a routine for the day is super, super important. It sounds so lame, but at five o'clock, I wind down the curtains. <laughs> I'm like five o'clock, wind down the curtains, time to cook dinner. Like everything's like, you know, to get through to the next day because it's getting me closer and closer to when we get out of lockdown and it doesn't feel like the days are dragging yeah. on. What about a question that came up on this podcast? And I actually say it to a few people now, like what's a, what's a happy day for Simone? And I don't mean like a, you know, bubbly day. I mean like things that you need to do for me, it's like get up in the morning, do my work, make sure I train, make sure I do all of my training because if I don't, then throughout the day, I'm like, well, you cut a corner there, you don't cut corners. Um, What are some things that you stick to that that are a happy day for Simone? And it's a thing that come from Chad. Chad calls it his happy day. Happy day. Yeah. Well, like non-negotiables. Um, non-negotiable yeah. is 100% training. Yeah. I get in trouble, even from Anthony. Yeah. Everyone's like, have a day off. And I'm like, even if it's just a walk, I'll be fine. Yeah. But, yeah, um, getting up early is important. Um, I feel more fatigued if I get up later. So early morning, um, the diffuser with, like, really nice smells. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm so lame. But, yeah, put the diffuser on with the nice eucalyptus and all that. Um, get dressed, train. 
I need sunshine, you know, go out, take the dog for a walk or sit outside and do my meditation. It's quite simple when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. But as long as I've trained, I've got sunshine, I've laughed. Laughing is so important. You just need to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Find something to laugh at, you know. Um, yeah, they're just my key elements to be happy. They're the things to be grateful for yes. the most. And have good food, you know. Um, I really love juicing as well. So making sure when I juice, I do feel really good. I notice the difference because sometimes I break from it and I just notice the difference when I don't have it. It's awesome. Yeah. That was cool. I know that story. There was, and I still, there was two points in there that I didn't know. So I'm sure that people listening are going to get a lot out of that and just a little bit of perspective yeah. that, you know, like it's not as hard as you think it is. Yeah. Trust and, me. And speaking about hard, don't be so hard on yourself. Exactly. That's a massive point. You know, yeah. even if you do something, it's better than nothing. Yeah. If you don't feel like smashing out a workout, just get up and move through the motions. Go That's why, and like I've had this conversation now with so many people and I actually had it with Muller, a guy that owns Rise and Conquer, and he was talking about why we ride on the board. And that's why I ride on the board, compete, perform, and sweat. And the sweat is pretty much like walk through weight mm -hmm. because, like, don't be so hard on yourself. Like, yep. coming to train is better than going home and doing nothing. 100%. And it's not that hard. Like, I don't care if – and a lot of people say it, and it's like – a topic to have with some females like there's moments in a month where they don't want to train mm -hmm. and we'll say to them like and i'll say to them just do air squats instead mm -hmm. of wall balls like mm -hmm. nobody cares something is better than nothing that's that's a cool point to end with just get in and have a dig <laughs> <laughs> that's what i say to the boys <laughs> that was awesome thank you no worries we'll do this again no doubt in the year's time <laughs> when everyone else needs a little bit of motivation yeah yeah all right see you later <laughs>